0: Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Wide Men Can't Score on the Wide Men Radio Network at blogtalkradio.com slash widemencantjump and at widemencantjump.com.
1: And this show is brought to you by the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com and cantonbay.com. Here are all the hockey analysis that our hosts bring you. You can find this show at iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash,
0: iHeartRadio, and at WideMenCanjump.com. Now we take you north of the border to our hockey expert, Tim Dombrova. Oh boy, we got, it, it, that intro was so popular, they wanted to hear it twice. Anyway, this is uh, Tim from the Great White North coming at you uh, for episode two of Wide Men Can't Score, and uh, with me again this week is our Motor City Madman, Mad Mark. How you doing, Mark?
1: I'm great, Tim. How you doing?
0: No complaints up here except it's too. It's already getting cold. We're a little bit. Uh, a <laughs> little bit. Yeah, uh, well, we're about starting that. To get it. Yeah, it's going to get coming, a little bit of it down here. It's coming, but of course that also means that. Uh, opening days uh well what six days away. So uh Yeah that that's good news. Um let's get right at her. Uh let's hit uh, first let, let's talk uh some players who've been in the news for maybe not necessarily the best reasons. Uh but and we'll start yeah. out in we'll start out in Winnipeg with uh, first we'll talk about Dustin Bufflin I guess and What do you think about that whole uh, he's playing, he's not playing. Nobody really seems to know what the reason is, if he's got some personal issues or if he's got family issues or if he's just had it or what it is.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know from what I've been reading, it seems like uh, it's kind of a mutual thing between Winnipeg and the player. Um, You know, Bufflin, Bufflin's a key guy for them right now, and you know they lost they lost Tyler Myers, they lost Jacob truba, you know the right side of their defense is pretty much weak, which was a strength last year, so you know if you're Winnipeg, this is a very tough spot to be in, and on the other hand, too, now you have to consider a trade if Bufflin does end up retiring, so you know if i'm if I'm Winnipeg. You know, I'm looking to see what I can get who I can get, because now you know, the only person that would come to mind is Ristoliner Liner from uh, Buffalo and they've been trying to trade him forever and a day. And I think he's fitting really great in Winnipeg. Uh, he's a big yeah. defenseman, big guy. But who do you trade him for? And you know, if if Lane Line if is in a package, it's gotta be a lot coming back from Buffalo to to nab Line to the play in Buffalo.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure, like, the Buffalo thing, I, I don't know. I know he's kind of got him over a – like, I'm not saying he's doing it on purpose either, because, I mean, they suspended him for cap reasons. Uh, right. So, so that if he doesn't come back, that, then the cap is free and they can at least attempt to go get somebody else. Um, but he's kind of – he's got kind of to put them in a situation. You know, he's got a 7.6 million dollar cap hit if he is to show up. And I I don't know for sure. I wondered too if he doesn't come, let's say he doesn't play for like 2 months or something and decides to come back, is that cap hit adjusted for actual games played like it would be for uh, uh or are they I don't all right really there?
1: Know. I don't believe so. That, so. Uh, I believe it's not prorated. Not that like would, uh, with, that would uh, make sense. You, deal?
0: Right. But, you know. I'm not sure about that. But regardless, he's kind of left them in a lurch a little bit because they really, their hands are kind of tied. And then they're doubly tied with the Lanny Kyle Connor thing because yeah. they don't really know how much money they. You know, maybe if he doesn't come back and they end up only getting a $2 million a year defenseman or something to replace him, that's a lot more money you can spend, of course, on your forwards. Or might be willing if you, if that's what it takes to keep him. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not sure where they stand with him, and that that one's up in the air still. Now, what did you think about Patrick yeah. Laine saying that he uh, – could probably do a lot better if he was playing with players who were you know, that he should be on the first line.
1: Well, I mean, Patrick Line is no uh stranger to sound to giving out of a soundbite. Um, I'm not surprised he said it. But at the same time, you know, if you're if you're his teammates, you kinda take it like depending on how well you know Line, which judging by what I've read you know, they're kinda of like, Yeah, we're not surprised he headed, but we get where he's coming from. It wasn't malicious. But you know, it's not like Laney's playing with bad players in Winnipeg. He's really not. But I mean I don't know. If I know, if I'm know. Nick
0: if I'm Nick Ehlers or Brian Little, I think I might want to punch Patrick Laney right in the face.
1: <laughs> True, I mean he did call and apologize to Brian Little. But again, at the same time, as a as a team, as an organization like Winnipeg who's you don't want stuff coming out like that. But again that's, no, that's how Patrick line is. Yeah. That's, that's his, how that's how his I personality. Think. But yeah, he's he's acting like he's a he's like uh, an Alex Ovechkin type score. He's not there yet. To so me Patrick Line is very one, de- he's he's trying to one to get a dimensional he's very one dimensional
0: Yeah, he's trying to get a new contract though, so he's gonna he's gonna say I mean, he probably is the kind of guy, like you said, that would say those things anyway. And then he is just posturing from a, you know, I'm, I, yeah, I oh, had yeah. a bad year, but but it really wasn't my fault. So give me the money.
1: Um, no, all if right, I'm posturing. Patrick Lining, get a one-year prove-it deal, and then you jam it down Winnipeg sort, and then you have to make them pay you. You put up 50 next year? And you have good assists because yeah, here's the thing: everybody looks at Ovechkin, and they're like, "Well, Ovechkin's a scorer, yes." But Ovi does a lot on the ice that you know may not show, show up on the score sheet. So he is a more complete player. And if Line A can kind of look to Ovechkin to do that, then he'll be fine. If not, Lightning's going to be no better than Danny Heatley.
0: Yeah, a one-dimensional yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. skater—that's out of the league.
0: <laughs> You need to let your game. I, I really think these guys would be best served, especially if you're,
1: and, and,
0: and most of them are, you got to have a pretty big ego. All right, go. just show me that you're that kid. And then, like you said, if if the team you play for doesn't want to pay you, somebody else will. That's not a yeah. problem. Um, all right, moving on from Patrick Laney. Uh, let's go down the road to the west a little bit to Edmonton. Uh Connor McDavid makes his preseason debut to much fanfare to my amazement. Uh, <laughs> then they, uh, and I don't know how closely you follow this, because I, I get stuck fit local market. Um, mm-hmm. All I heard was how he was tearing it up in practice. you making fools of the entire Oiler roster. And I thought, well, big deal. That's most well, of the league does that on a daily basis. Um, then he plays in the game I, they all said he looked great I watched the game I thought he looked absolutely horrible um, now granted he hasn't done anything for however long uh, should Edmonton yeah. be sweating but should Edmonton be sweating a tiny bit even if it takes him uh, a couple of weeks or a month to get back into the swing of things is that enough to no. see the who probably are sunk no. anyway
1: no, I think if you're Edmonton, you want to be as patient as possible, especially with the talent like Connor McDavid. I mean, he's by far the best player that's been in that organization since Wayne Gretzky. And oh, the oh, I agree, but I'm,
0: I'm I'm talking from a team from a from a team standpoint. If he doesn't play well for like a month, are they are they done? Like, is that team out of the playoffs?
1: Uh, I think, I think, um, depending on how they play, I mean, you know, they can't just rely on Connor McDavid. If you rely well, on they, one player to, to carry your team, then you're not making the playoffs. I'm sorry. I mean, I mean Edmonton they, to me does not look like a team with depth.
0: No, they've got no goaltending. They have no defense to speak of and they have, well, three forwards, I guess, if you want to be generous. Um, well, no, Hopkins is, is worth his. He's a pretty good player. Um, yeah,
2: I, I still get the trouble in, in,
0: yeah, yeah, they got three players. They got uh, up front, but their their trouble is is the only way they can get any offense is they got to have two of them on the same line, which leaves the third yeah. one, whoever whether it be Drysdale or Hopkins, with nobody. I mean, they got James Neal, and unless he shows something more in the regular season, he has been god awful. Um, he was a minus three the other night against Arizona. Uh, he, he just looked. He just looks like not disinterested. He reminds me of of Lucic. It's not that he isn't trying. It's just somehow he, you know, he just lost a half a step somewhere, or I don't know what happened, but he didn't look good to me. But anyway, um, so you you no, figured, do that. you do you think that McDavid is actually a hundred percent, or or does he have to be, or they wouldn't have him out there?
1: I don't think he's hundred percent, I think he's i think if i'm edmonton i would I would be more uh conservative with his treatment because he is my best player, but I think Edmonton they need him desperately, so he's probably maybe ninety percent
0: yeah I but wondered ab- again,
1: about the mental side of it
0: because i've I've been yeah. told I've never had a serious knee injury, but I've been told that the biggest hurdle is that you have to be able to trust that you're actually healed and that you'll try to do the things you did before, which I'm going to tell you in game one, he did not. Yeah, he could still skate pretty fast, but, I mean, him at three-quarter speed is still faster than most of the, you know, there's not a lot of guys who can keep up with him anyway, but (laughs) how much, yeah, I just just thought I, I wouldn't have played him. I think I nope, would have it to me it's meaningless to have him out there.
1: I agree. Especially. I think he's better off just practicing, getting his getting himself back to a hundred percent and just doing going all out in practice. Uh, you know, putting him in a game situation, especially preseason game, you've got a lot of AHLers that are trying to make the big the big league or the big roster and you know, what better way than to Get noticed and to take a take a I
0: haven't, yeah. Take exactly. Go after
1: Connor McDavid.
0: I haven't seen anything I mean, to see if he's playing tonight. And then they got one more game left in Calgary, and, and if they play him against Calgary in Calgary, they're crazy. Yeah. I mean
1: that
0: would that would that would be the one place where he definitely would not see the. They played a night in Winnipeg. That game, I I think maybe is probably okay depending on who's. Uh, in the Winnipeg lineup unless they got like to say a bunch of uh AHLers out there. But in Calgary he's not seeing the ice if he's if I own the Oilers, so I'm making that call.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean I don't wanna you don't want to ruin your biggest asset, but you know, just talking about the Oilers in general, regardless of McDavid, Ken Holland needs to get a winger. He needs to get a scoring winger and I'm sorry, Thomas Yorko is not your scoring winger. You can't. They're, you can't. Their hands. They are, need. They need to make a trade.
0: Their hands are tight, but they don't have. They they don't have anything anybody wants. The only thing they want to get rid of is an overpaid uh, Chris Russell, who I actually, to be honest, I don't think is that bad. He's making a little too much money, and there's just no team that's. I can't see unless you're gonna fire in. A draft pick worth talking about. And I'm not talking like a second round It's going to have to be a firstie to get anybody any good. And I don't think Edmonton can afford to give up a first round draft because they need them. They, they gotta oh, I to know. Find, they, yeah, they, I mean, they got to try to find somebody in the draft that's, I mean, they've been missing for well, a lot of years, except for Leon. And they, well, the three guys yeah. that they've got that are any good. And the rest of them have been, you know, Yakupov, uh, Pujarvi, uh a couple other ones that have come yeah. and gone. Um, I don't know. Yeah, the Oilers are just there. It's gonna their fan base and the media there has been unrealistic. Um, if if Ken Holland can save them, and I'm not saying he can because I'm not entirely convinced about Ken Holland anymore either. It, it's, gonna mm. a, it's gonna take more than a – it's gonna take more than the season. He's gonna fix that in, yeah. in one summer. It's gonna take two at least. And then they're going to run into the problem of guys not wanting to be there anymore.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's honestly what Edmonton fans need to really realize right now is that Ken Holland is not going to make drastic changes. He's going to be a very conservative GM. And, I mean, to the point where the best thing you're going to see all year is probably he's going to pick up a third or fourth liner.
0: But that's, that's probably it. what they need, though, because they've—if any fan base ought to know—they should see what panicking moves do. You get Miko Koskinen for three years at four million dollars. Yeah, you know, and things, things that, are, you know, you, you, things of that nature, where guys are getting—it's not that they're not decent players, but they're—they're they're getting paid too much, and being asked to do too much. And then it's off, you know, our, even like, to be quite honest, I mean, the James Neal trade, okay, that I'll give them points for it because they got rid of Lucic. but what did they, they really, I don't think they got back much better to be quite honest, or at least so far and they're paying. I mean, they didn't even win it in the money sense because they, they had to retain what I think it was 750 grand. So that evened out the salaries Um but at least that was a on paper. That at least move made sense, I guess. But, but then the then the fan base goes, "Oh well, we got James Neal. We're we're, we're headed to the Cup." Well, you know, even if James no. Neal scores, even if he scores twenty five goals, that's it's not going to help. You know, they they still aren't winning games when your goalie can't stop a beach ball.
1: Yeah, they, they they believe that. Mike Smith is going to be the answer to the backup. Mike Smith, Mike Smith is an older goalie. He didn't have a good year last year in Calgary. You know, he's an Asian goaltender. I mean, if I'm Edmonton, I'm looking at Stu Skinner, who is an Edmonton native, too. At least give him a shot. Let's see what we well, got. Well, they've got, they've got
0: Shane Starrett, too, and he's not bad either. I, mean, I think they're both better than Mike Smith, and you could have had both of them for, like, nine hundred grand.
1: Exactly.
0: Uh, and, I mean, for a team that's capped, cap they're apt. I mean, there there you go. I mean, there's what? I don't know what they're paying. Smith, $2 million, I think? Something I think cra- so. Something it's just crazy like that. Yeah, it's it's, it's like, too much, whatever it is.
1: Well, it's Ken Holland free veteran. tie goes to the veteran. That's how Ken Holland operated in Detroit. You know, he always loved the veterans. He wanted to have a the mo- uh, as many veter- veterans as possible sprinkle in a few young players but for the most part it was veteran players and that was very frustrating in Detroit you know as a fan having seen this team for my whole life you know the last five years of Ken Holland it was just frustrating because you know we needed a rebuild and this guy was not doing it he was intent on pro- prolonging our playoff streak and you know you can't do that in this way. You have to rebuild I mean, the, you need young players.
0: The other interesting thing about the Oilers is that they've got uh, 13 guys that are either RFAs or UFAs next year. Now granted a lot of them, they probably won't bother with uh, they'll probably let most of them walk but then you've got to find They've uh, got they've got 13 players to sign with a Cap of 23 million dollars. I mean, they're not, they think they're out of the cap hell this year. They're not. They're, I think they're looking at even worse next year because they're going to have to pay Darnell Nurse or let him walk. Um, and after that, I mean, they don't have anybody. I mean, they'll get rid of Sam He's 3.1. Uh, I mean, for some reason, Zach Cassian is beloved in Edmonton, and I'm not really sure why. Um, if they keep him, they're going to have to pay him more. And to me, he's getting two million—well, not quite, fifty thousand short of two million—which to me is a ridiculous sum to pay for him. Um, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, <laughs> with that kind of money, I mean, if you sign one big player, let, let's say they manage to talk somebody into going there. And they gotta pay 'em pay them six or seven million dollars. Now you've got twelve guys left with twelve million dollars left to pay them. How is your team gonna get any better? It's it's not gonna get used to it. Edmonton is right. gonna be bad yeah. the next two or three years. They're just gonna be. And until they can I, I don't know what they do. I mean they I guess they gotta find a goalie, they gotta find some they got to hope that their that their Bakersfield guys turn into something, but and yeah. who knows? I mean that's, I a, think that's a crap that's a crapshoot. You just never know.
1: Well, the only guy that I would say they'll really look at is someone who could come into Edmonton and do something and provide some offense aside from the big three. Uh, Kyler Yamamoto, a uh, smaller kid, but man, set of wheels on him. He uh, doesn't yet. Yeah,
0: he he seems to be out of favor in Edmonton already because he didn't score 80 goals in his first season, (laughs) you know, because they had such high expectations for him that he, he already is kind of being touted as a bust there. No, Um,
1: I think they, they just haven't played him. I mean, he, he's been doing his time in Bakersfield. he 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 didn't make the team
0: this year. He got sent down again. So, you know, I would think if it was me, I would take a totally different route and I'll get this out and then we'll finish up on Edmonton instead of playing paying guys like Riley Sheehan and Yurko oh. and, and uh, who's the other one? Nygaard, uh, Grand, uh, Grandlin's only 26. So maybe not him. All these guys that are in their late twenties, early thirties, Sam Gagne is another one instead of paying them, 3 million, 2 million, 1.5, and all that nonsense, and sucking anyway. Why aren't they? Let's throw our young guys in there and see what they got. And if they don't make it, well, are we really Are we any further behind? No, not really. And we're saving ourselves a bundle. I mean, they got the, what? Cooper Marodi's one, Kyle Yamamoto's another one, um, Nolan Vesey's another one. Tyler Benson. They've got all kinds of young guys that could do just as well. They won't do any worse.
1: No. And, again, it, it's more or less to see what you have in your organization. And uh, and I agree with you. I think if Ken Holland wants to do, something, do it differently than what he did in Detroit, that's what he should do. But we'll see. I mean, it, it's early in his tenure. I think the big thing for Ken Holland is what he gets back for Jesse Pool That'll be the big big thing when that eventually goes down is who does right. he get for Jesse Pooly Arvey. The only he's other not thing coming I'll, back to Edmonton.
0: Yeah, the only other thing I'll throw in there and I have no idea what the answer is. And I don't and nobody does. I don't know how much control they say he has full autonomy, but does he really? in that city with that owner. Is he really allowed to do anything he wants, or does everything have to go through uh, Nicholson and and the owner and Cates?
1: Yeah. I I mean, I don't know. You would hope so because Cates being a hands-on owner, which he is, you know, Edmonton has not won since he's been owner. He's been owner of that team for almost 11 years now, going on 12. And, and he's, only he's not a hockey.
0: He's not a hockey guy. He may love hockey, nope, and all that stuff, but he is not. I'm not unlike most owners. You are much better served. You pay people millions of dollars to do these jobs. Let them do their jobs.
1: Well, I mean, it could be worse. He could be a Eugene Melnick.
0: Well, yeah, but same, same boat. You know, he hires people and then does what he wants. Well, why do you bother? <laughs> why, yeah. Like, why do you, why do you have a general manager in Ottawa if you just, he just does what you tell him? Why don't you just do it? <laughs> you know, it really yeah. seems yeah. kind of Jerry, pointless. Jerry Jones. <laughs> yeah, Jerry Jones is probably the best example where, I mean, they've got an entire front office that really probably laughs out loud when they see their checks for what they really have to do because – they're not really held accountable for much, but anyways, uh, all right, nope. let's let's move on from the Oilers uh, and let's uh, quick couple of minutes on the Austin Matthews debacle situation. Um, much, ado yeah. about noth- much ado about nothing. Much um, ado about nothing. Important, but not really such a big deal, or being blown way out of proportion.
1: Uh, I think because of who he is, because it's Austin Matthews, this is a much bigger deal than it really needs to be. Of course, I mean, he's disorderly conduct, publicly intoxicated, but, I mean, Austin Matthews is 22 years old. He's a kid. Um, You know, there are worse things that have been done by professional athletes, and, I mean, if you want to stick with the NHL, Patrick Kane. You know, early on in his career, he had a lot of issues, and you know he's grown up for them. He learns from them, and I think if you're if you're Austin Matthews, you obviously you're learning from this for sure. The only thing I will say that was very very dumb on his part, he didn't notify the Leafs when it happened, and you know they found out when the, when the news of this broke, and you know that that causes you to lose trust from your organization. And if I'm the least, you know, I'm very, very hesitant to put a letter on Austin Matthews this year, be it a C or an A. But- they they, they
0: have to, and I'm an old guy. I'm, I'm 51. I'm an old guy. I'm an old school guy. Most of me says, okay, I just don't see, you know, no harm, no foul kind of thing. But – it's not 1988 anymore. It's 2019. The the uh, social constructs the way of looking at things, how what you can get away with, what you can't get away with is just different now. Be it right whether you think it's right or wrong is irrelevant. It is the the, the mood is what it is and you just can't do this shit without some consequences and he does not have the excuse that he's like a 35-year-old guy who grew up in a in a locker room with a different type of culture and that sort of thing. He should he, he should have known better. And if he was drunk, I mean, that's an explanation but it's not an excuse. Uh his yeah, friends you're right. need, Yeah, his friends need a swift kick in the ass. Because some of them should have been aware that... Well, they should. I mean, you should have been aware that, hey, man, if this gets out, you know, it's... I mean, you you get convicted in the court of public opinion, right? I mean, he's going to take... Yeah, he's going ta- yeah, to take some... He's going to pay a price for it somewhere along... Well, he's paying a price for it right now because he looks like an idiot, whether he is one or not. Oh, yeah. I, I You know, I'm not prepared to say but it was a dumb move. Uh, Keeping it quiet was an even dumber move. And they, I think that I don't know what they do to him. You know, they would, like I said, I think they'd be well served to say that, you know, to have him come out and say, Hey, look, I screwed up. I take full responsibility for the screw up. I apologize to her and the fan base and everything else. And in conjunction with that, even though it might look like a, an attempt to suck up, and I guess in a way, it sort of is maybe they announce you know that he's got some kind of initiative, some kind of foundation, something that you know I'm, I'm going to give a hundred bucks for each goal he scored or whatever number you want to do, something that makes him look like he's contrite and that he's paying some kind of price for what he did,
1: yeah, I mean I agree with that. I think you know when you are a professional athlete he In a way, you are held to a higher standard in public, even though you're just a regular small just like everybody else. But because you are very known in the public eye, you have to be cognizant of what you're doing and your surroundings. And I think this is definitely a learning experience for Austin Matthews. You know, he'll learn from it, he'll grow from it, but at the same time he should know that going forward this cannot happen. And if you're the Leafs, you better make that very clear to him. Because, in you know, the best example, like I said before, Patrick Kane, you know, he had three incidents. And Chicago, after the most recent one, Chicago sat him down and basically told him, like, listen, you either behave or we're trading you. And I think this is early enough where Toronto can just say, hey, listen, you do this again, you're out of here. And Toronto can and will trade him because they will find takers.
0: Well, and and, and, but, and the Leafs, and the Leafs, <clears throat> the Leafs are one of the few teams in the league too that can actually afford to just bury a guy, because they don't mind paying him as long as they can get him off the cap hit. They don't care about his eleven million dollars. That's nothing to the Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment to care less about that part, because they got money. Oh yeah,
1: well. Well, I mean, you got a lot of teams in the league that would gladly take Austin Matthews. And I think if you were to ever get traded, you know, Arizona's going to be at the top of that list. I mean, that's well, – I think it sounds galore right there. Yeah, but you know, I,
0: I think Kyle Dubas is the kind of guy who would – okay, we ha, we, we've got to trade you. We're going to trade you. Be, but you are definitely not going to Arizona. <laughs> we're going to trade you somewhere where you are going to be – Miserable, and he doesn't have a he he doesn't have any. Uh, that's one of the good things that um, Lou Lamorello did. None of these guys have got no traits The only one who's got a no movement is uh, Tavares. So they can send Austin Matthews yeah. wherever they want. They can send him wherever they want if they had to. So you know, I wonder if he'd like a slow boat to. Uh, oh, I don't know. And he's an American, so probably you know. Would you like to get traded to Ottawa? Would you like to? Spend some time in the... Uh, I, I mean, I don't know who's who's bad.
1: Well, if you're Toronto, you, know, you want to see him five times a year, though? You want to see Austin Matthews five times a year in your division?
0: No, you probably don't want to trade pay him. Every time. You, know,
1: you probably don't want to trade him to Ottawa, but
0: you probably wouldn't have any <laughs> trouble moving him to uh, Minnesota.
1: Yeah. I mean, Minnesota will gladly take him. They
0: probably wouldn't. You oh. could probably... I mean I would think you might be able to achieve quite a bit in that. I mean, I said that about the Mitch Marner thing and we'll trans we'll just uh segue that right into the RFA thing. I mean I always I figured with the Mitch Marner deal, I mean he's got if he hadn't assigned when he did, I figured he had maybe two or three days left. And I ship him off to wherever. Need a defenseman and a or or maybe even a defenseman and a prospect defenseman, I trade him. We got a, lots of firepower, yeah. you know. We don't need. I mean, I would argue that perhaps Toronto has got a little too much firepower because you can't get it all out on the ice enough, uh, you know. Yeah. I mean, they've got. I mean, they've got what? Matthews, Tavares, Marner, Nylander, um, and I. I really like uh, Kapanen. Uh, oh, I don't think about Janssen too. Yeah, I mean, they've got lots of firepower up front, tons of it. They could live without one of those guys, especially if it frees up, you know, almost $11 million in cap.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, if I'm Toronto, too, the big thing is still defense. It's still defense. Toronto is set up front. They need help on the back end. And I, for the longest time, there was talk they were trying to go get Drew Doughty from L.A., But he's from London, too. He would have been a great fit with the Maple Leafs. But, you know, they they went out and signed Ron Hainsey. They got Tyson Berry, who I think is a very good addition to that Leafs decor. But, you know, Cody CeCe, not a fan. I mean, their – no,
0: their defense is better than it was last year, but that's not saying much.
1: Yeah. So, we'll we'll see how Toronto – I uh... I,
0: I would suspect that Toronto, regardless of what happens this year, that next year they will move one of those big guys that they've got locked up for years. Especially If one of them doesn't doesn't have a good year or there's a bad fit or whatever the case may be, I think you see one of their top six or seven guys goes, and that's how they get there. Like, I thought they might – See, I think they dodged a bullet with uh, and we'll get to him in a minute. Uh I mean they were connected to Justin Fall for years and years too, that they wanted him. And I don't think they need any more offense. They got Morgan Riley no. for and Tyson Berry on for offensive D and that's if they re sign Tyson Barry, which I don't know if they'll be able to afford to or not, depending on what kind of year he has. They need some defensemen. We don't need Eric Carlson. We don't need Brett Burns. We don't need those kind of guys even though, I mean, we probably take them for the right price, but we don't need players like that. They need somebody that is a shutdown guy because they don't have one.
1: Yeah, and I think that's where if you were to trade one of those guys, one of those big three guys, and more or less a double-digit guys, so Tavares, Marner, Matthews, one of those three, you know, the one guy I'm I'm looking to get who can be a good defenseman for us is Drew Doughty. Like I said, you know Drew Doughty is a good two-way defenseman. He's a right-handed shot from London. You know he could, and he's a winner. He's won two Stanley Cups in LA, and he's a Norris Trophy winner. I like Drew Doughty's game. I think he'd be a great fit in Toronto. But again, we'll see what they do because eventually Toronto is going to have to trade those, one of those big three. They're just going to run into a Tampa Bay lightning problem, which, if you remember back in the early 2000s, Tampa Bay had their big three, Le Cavalier, Richards, and St. Louis. They ended up trading away Brad Richards because there's too much on their cap. So, you know, if, if I'm Toronto, well,
0: Yeah, if you're going to do win. what they
1: what they've done
0: this year and how they've got that team set up, the only way that you get away with it you have to win they they have to win the cup this year and if they don't then this lineup has to change there's just there's just I, no way I, there's I just no way know. around it I don't either But I, we, you've shot your bolt here you basically said we're going for it we gave Marner and let's talk about Marner we gave Marner way too much money for way too long He's a good player, but he hasn't earned that kind of money yet, in my opinion. And if they don't win now with this formula, ah, maybe maybe two years tops. And then if that doesn't work, some of those guys have got to go.
1: I agree, it, but uh, the one thing I that irks me a little bit about Toronto, about Toronto is they don't have that sandpaper. You know, they traded away Kadri, who brought yeah. some of that sandpaper, but they don't have it. They don't have that grit. They need it. And that's what you yeah, need in the playoffs, especially when well, the games get tight.
0: I mean, maybe the... I mean, this is another scenario that's been floated, is that they... I mean, there's no... I don't think there's any question Toronto's going to make the playoffs without too much trouble. Do they wait until uh, near the trade deadline and somebody who's out of it, which might be the LA Kings, because I don't think they have anything to speak of this year. and they. And I can't believe that they hired, uh, what's his name, McClellan to coach him. But anyway, that's a whole other story. Um, maybe they make a trade at the deadline and get that D man that's, even if he's just a renter.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a couple guys I would say, um, you know, one guy that I would really. Do well in Toronto, I think, would be Trevor Daly. I mean, good third pairing guy for them from Detroit. He's a Toronto guy. Uh, he moves the puck really well. He's won two Stanley Cups, and Detroit will most likely take a whole uh, take fifty percent of its cap. So, you, you know, it's, I mean, it's we both know it's,
0: it's probably not going to be the sexy move that gets it done. No, it won't. It's, It'll be the bits and pieces that get it done. It'll be like the Pat Maroon in Saint Louis kind of move. Where on the surface oh, it yeah. doesn't really Yeah, you know, it doesn't really look like much and yet without him I don't know if they win the Stanley Cup without him, to be honest.
1: No, I mean I agree. I think you know, you, you looked and how he helped in the playoffs. I mean, if it wasn't for him, you know, they don't win that game seven against Dallas. They don't go to the
0: conference right. file if it wasn't for I mean, and Hounds. he And he gives them an old, like, I mean, he, I mean, they said, you know, he's a dinosaur player. He's an old style, get in front of the net. He's not the fastest guy in the world. Got decent hands, but not great hands. But he provides that something that in the, in that long grind of the playoffs, you need guys like that.
1: Oh, yeah. And I think, you know, campus signing him, you know they're thinking some of that mojo rubs off on them too to help them through the, throughout the playoffs this year. But well, I Tampa, would I Tampa would argue that, story. but I would argue
0: that Tampa is is Toronto with a little more oomph, but they don't have any sandpaper either, and they do now. They didn't do I think that cost them last year that they figured they were just gonna. We're just gonna outscore yeah. everybody. And that didn't work and they woke up and went, Holy crap, we just got hammered. <laughs> and you know, and what, what happened? Well, our our big guys didn't get seven points a game. And that's how they were used to win it.
1: No, then you when know they ran into a John Tortorella coach team, which is a, always gonna be a defensively sound team. You know, and,
0: and they you know, better be ready. They better be ready for that this year because don't think people, you know, don't think other teams didn't watch the tape of that and go, okay, well, uh, how do we, I'm, you know, how do we handle Tampa Bay? Well, here, this is how you do it. All right.
1: <laughs> well, I don't, you you know. You not on their back to this here.
0: Yeah, I mean, not every team. Obviously, I mean, the, Columbus had a pretty good team last year too. Um, not every team has the has the assets to carry out that game plan, but, uh, in the playoffs, you can be sure that teams will definitely be trying. Uh, anyway, let's get back. Let's get back to the RFA. So Mitch Marner, you would agree. Um, good player, uh, but they paid him too much, but I'm not sure they really had a choice. And just a quick thought from you on, do you think Toronto gets hosed a little bit because, uh, as the, that was put to me, they have to pay that we can't win tax.
1: Yeah. No, I I I I agree. I think Toronto gets a little bit because not because of the we can't win, it's because
0: Well the history there their general is that managers, managers, don't
1: win. Their general they managers The general managers are rookie. It it's that but I mean they have a rookie GM. You know if Lou Lamarello was still the GM right there or if a guy like Steve Eisenman was there you know, you'll you would be getting them on below market contracts for the sake of keeping the team together and winning. I mean, you got to look no further than Tampa base cap situation. I mean, Steven Stamkos, eight million dollars a year. Uh, Victor Hedman, seven and a half. You know, Braden Point, Braden point, point for six
0: something, but we'll get to him too. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, Tampa Tampa knows how to do it. Like they're. They have a team that they want to keep together just to win, and I think had Lou Lemerolo stayed in Toronto, uh, John Tavares maybe gets an 11, yes, but Austin Matthews probably signs for $8 million, $9 million. Mitch Marner, probably the same amount, maybe even less, maybe $7 million. Uh, William Nylander doesn't get a six-year deal. He gets probably a three-year bridge deal, and Everyone's happy in Toronto.
0: Yeah. Right. The, the only I thing I can, a big
1: issue with the cap. Right.
0: The only thing I can say about the Toronto situation where there is a little light up under the tunnel is that they're done. All their guys, their big players are all signed for at least three years or more. Um, and if the cap keeps going up, we we may see the may, I won't say we will. We may see like the dry cycle situation where when that contract was signed, everybody went, oh, you got to be kidding me. That's way too much for that guy. And now, that looks like a steal. Yeah,
1: that's true. I mean, we'll, we'll see. The only time we'll tell. If I mean, Mitch maybe Mitch Marner's got to prove it. Right. Let, let's say, yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, but let's say Mitch
0: Marner throws up a 100-point season this year and the cap goes up uh, $5 million and whoever the next big UFA is, he's probably going to get paid a lot more than he got paid this year. Cause that's just the nature of the, of the business. doesn't change the fact he's overpaying because he is as of right now, but who knows how that will pan out. Hard to say. Um, but, but I agree, uh, but I agree. He, he, he got too much. Uh, all right, moving on. Um, who would who would I put next on my list? Well let's stick with forwards for now and then we'll hit the D afterwards. Uh any feelings about Travis Connectney getting six years, five point five million?
1: Um not really. I think he's a good two way forward. Um definitely is Philly's number two center of the future. Um you know, again they're paying for potential. He's been solid in Philly, but I think he uh, there's more he can add. I mean, it took God Couturier at least five years before he really came around, and I think is kind of trajecting on that same path because they they've moved Giroux over to the wing. They've played him at center or wing, and I think this year they're putting him at wing. So you need another you need a guy that can step up in the two hole, and I think. You know, connect. He's going to be doing
0: that. And yeah, he can play him in the wing. Yeah, he can play both sides too, which is always nice. And I don't think, yeah, I mean they, they, get, I mean there again, I mean they've got to start looking towards getting younger. And are kind of, I would say maybe they're in kind of a an unstated rebuild, I suppose you could say. Where they're not saying they're in one, but they sort of kinda of are. They got rid of Simmons. Um Jerus a great player, but he is getting older. Um and after that you know, they're they're not real top heavy there, that's for sure. Hoping no. They're hoping Carter Hart turns out to be what he appears to be, but you know, with goalies that's kind of a, can be a hit and a miss. So, uh, yeah, I didn't, have a yeah. I didn't have a problem with that. Well, deal. Uh,
1: I mean, the other guy, too, we're forgetting about is uh, right. Nolan Patrick. You know, kind of number two overall pick a couple of years ago. That's another guy that they they want to be their first line center of the future. But I I don't know. I haven't seen enough out of Patrick to really. Uh... Oh, they got and they've got one other guy there I, for, I forgot
0: um, that I think is getting paid way too much. And that's Kevin Hayes.
1: Yes. Oh, God, yes. Uh,
0: that seven-year deal for 7.1 is unbelievable to me.
1: Yes. I, I totally agree with you. I think that was a massive overpay. I mean, he's a big body for a center, and he played well with Winnipeg last year from, at the deadline. But I think when you when you look at comparables, you know, Matt Duchesne got eight million a year from Nashville and Duchesne's is a one A, one B type center, and he's a better player than Kevin Hayes. You know, Kevin Hayes, you know, his best season was last year and he scored fifty five points. So he scored no more than he's had one good season where he scored twenty five goals. Other than that, you know, Kevin Hayes is he's second line center, yeah, but he's not worth seven million. Yeah, yeah I think they. Uh,
0: yeah, I think they kind of felt he was. Uh, he he really fits the prototypical mode of a Philadelphia player, a big bruising, banging kind of guy that the fan base will probably love. But as you said, I, I just don't. He's gonna have to really pick up his game to to make him worth seven million dollars a season, in my opinion. Um, yeah, right. I, I
1: didn't understand the signing at the time. I still don't understand it. Okay.
0: Uh, let's go out to Vancouver.
1: Uh,
0: Brock Be- Brock Besser, five point eight for well a bridge deal, five point eight for three years.
1: Fair enough. I think it's I think that's a pretty fair deal uh, in terms of cap hit. I mean, if you look at the actual salary though, you know, it balloons in the third year, which. Here in Vancouver, you're gonna qualify him because you don't want to lose him for nothing. So, it essentially amounts to a four-year deal for for Brock Besser. But, you know, like the cap hit, like the player, you know, they kept the cap hit low, which was very important because he still he still has room to grow. But, you know, Besser's gonna be their guy. That's gonna be a perennial thirty-goal scorer at least. You know, he's got a great shot on him, and you play him with Pedersen. You know, that's a team that in the next three to five i I see a lot coming from Vancouver and I wouldn't be surprised if it happens sooner rather than later that they Vancouver, become a contender Vancouver to me looks a lot like
0: Toronto they look like they got lots coming up front it's their D that strikes me as being a little weak and I don't I'm not over thrilled with Jacob Markstrom in that um, I would think Thatcher Demko oh. is going to have Thatcher Demko is going to have to prove that he can take that job, because if he doesn't, I mean Markstrom's okay, but I don't see him as like he's not a Stanley Cup goalie, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, well I like I like Demko. I think I think he's a very solid goaltender. You know Markstrom, Markstrom was dressed as a goalie of the future for the Florida Panthers. Didn't pan out in Florida, uh, but he's done. He's done okay in Vancouver. He's been solid in Vancouver. I think he's just a placeholder, though, until Demko fully establishes himself. But Vancouver's a team I get excited about. You know, a good young team coming up. Uh, I agree with you. The D needs to be a little bit more solid. But, you know, look who they have. They have uh, they have Quinn Hughes, who is going to be a very terrific defender for them. And then the guy that's kind of been a bust is the only Levy. I'd like to see more out of him, but you know, Quinn Hughes is a, is a player. I'm really excited to see, uh, this year and really, really, uh, Yeah. Well, they, yeah, they have a,
0: they have a kind of lineup where they, that team could become and sort of look like the, the, the first incarnation of the Canucks that did real well with, uh, Bertuzzi and uh, Naslund and and that kind of a lineup where they got a little bit of everything. Um, And then to morph more into the, because I hope they don't go like as much as I loved the twins, they don't play the right style of game. Like they they were never gritty enough. They were great players. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they deserve all the accolades they got. But how much better would that team they have been if those guys would have had some sand? You know, if they'd have been more Forsberg-like in their approach to the game.
1: Oh, no, no question about it. I think think they at least have two Stanley Cups in Vancouver, if that's the case. I mean, 2011, that was probably one of their best years. And, you know, it's a shame they didn't get it done. They got pushed. They got
0: pushed, hey. It's a fact. They got pushed around by the Boston Bruins. Pushed them around.
1: Oh yeah, it was,
0: It's not simple. They had no. They had no answer.
1: <laughs> exactly. So it it is a shame, but you know,
0: we'll it's see. Maybe more. this
1: iteration of the Canucks.
0: Ba- yeah, is, Mac uh,
1: got. Is, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, um, maybe they'll be better. I saw that they. They picked up Michael Ferland, um, was really solid for for Carolina last year. Gives them a bit of that sandpaper too. They have uh, Antoine Roussel, you know. So we'll we'll see how how Vancouver does going forward as a rebuilding team. But again, I'm they, excited to to see when they are, are completely finished with their rebuild. They should. They
0: will be better, and they should. They should fight for a playoff spot unless something goes off the rails there. Uh, all right. That's enough of the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, what we sort of kind of mentioned earlier and which to me is the steal of the, of the summer uh, Braden point. Eh, mind you, it's a bridge deal. And if he proves himself there, it's going to cost them. Um, but three years at 6.7 is a unbelievable uh, contract for Tampa.
1: I agree. Uh, you know, he's he scored 40 last year. He had a nice breakout year. But Brandon Point kind of reminds me a lot of like a, a Patrice Bergeron type of player. He's a good two-way player, but he's only the danger on the ice to, to make your team pay. So, you know, Tampa is going to eventually have to pay him. But, you know, it's a good bridge deal and kind of Extend Tampa's window for cup contention a little bit more. I'll allow them to be more flexible around the deadline to add pieces, which they will. So you know, win for Tampa, uh, definitely a win for the player going forward because he's just gonna, he just has to improve throughout the length of the contract. That's about it.
0: Yeah, okay. I just, I just can't see a negative in this one anywhere. But just because there isn't, no, I mean the only the only way they yeah the only way they lose out is that if, that he crashes and burns somehow which there's absolutely zero indication of that happening um he's he's got nothing I mean he's only I mean granted he's only got 3 years under his belt but I mean he's went from 40 to 60 to 90 points in those years he's uh, 17 of in 21 games in the playoffs I mean you just can't really You can't ask for anything more. I mean, this is is a perfect – it's what every team would want to have. You know, I mean, I'm sure – Yeah, I mean, the kid's a gamer. Yeah, and if you told any other franchise in the league, hey, you're going to have Braden Point for three years for 6.7. There's not a team in the league that isn't jumping all over that, making trades, getting rid of guys, doing whatever they got to do to to get him for that price, because that, to me, is just a complete – I mean –
1: GM oh, yeah. of the year kind of move. Is. Well, I mean, breezewell has been down there for a while. He's learned. He's learned from Eiserman, and he's been putting his stamp on the Lightning. And you know, Tampa is going to be a very good team for years to come. You know, Eiserman left in good condition, and Breezewell's continuing it. You know, I think the biggest win two of the summer. Now that we're talking about Tampa, I mean, you know, signing Vasilevsky to an eight-year extension. You know, usually I'm not a fan of goalies being signed for more than four years, but, you know, with Veselevsky you have to make that exception. He's a very yeah. t- trophy winning goalie. Yeah,
0: I, I thought that was a little long, but I can see why they did it. Yeah.
1: So uh, I, think, yeah I, I think Tampa's in really good hands.
0: I was going to say that the only other deal I can think of this year that even comes close to the steal that Braden Point was, was the Kevin LeBanc. One million dollar thing in San Jose.
1: Oh my God!
0: But that but, was I a mean, complete. Let's, let's I mean, he's, he's 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 betting on himself. He's hoping that he can. I mean, he did that for the team. He gave them room to get Thornton back, which they wanted to do, um, and they, that they could afford to give him a little more money. Uh, he he's hoping that he has another puts another fifty or sixty points up, and then they're gonna have they're not gonna have a choice if they don't pay him, he'll leave.
1: Yeah, I mean, my only thing is how much of LeBanc's points were due to him playing with Joe Thornton, though. Because let's be real, I mean, he played with Joe Thornton. Joe Thornton, he can make you well, look like a fifty-goal scorer.
0: Okay, but one could one could say that about you know, how many of Leon Drysud's points were because he played with Connie McDavid.
1: Yeah, at sure least, enough. You, know, you know
0: at least half of them. So. You know, was, you know, I guess you I mean you. You're a. Bit, I mean, you have to take advantage of your uh, whatever your circumstances are. Uh, I mean, at yeah. okay, but, but let's be totally honest. A million dollars for a fifty-six point player is insane.
1: Regardless is, of how he You have to commend him to do that too. I mean, he wants to win a Stanley Cup.
0: I have to assume that's the only reason I can come up with for why you do it. I mean, otherwise, yeah, I you, mean, you, you. It's a bad move, otherwise. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well, we'll see. Do. Maybe, maybe this year he puts up seventy, and then, and then he well, gets super I, paid. So I think that's what he'll I mean, he no, He's smart.
0: Well, Hopefully, he, no. well, he's in a no. He's in a no lose. If if he has a worse exactly. year, exactly, they're probably still going to pay him more than a million. So he's going to make more than he was making this year, probably regardless. Uh, if he has a great year they either have to pay him or somebody will offer sheet him or they got to trade him to somebody who's going to pay him. He he, he really can't lose unless you feel that going from a million to 1.7 million is a loss, which no. I guess, maybe, you know, and but maybe won't. in the hot, you know, in the hockey world, maybe it is, but the rest of us, we'd all be quite satisfied with that, you know, $700,000 yeah. raise. <laughs> exactly. uh, but I mean, Uh, yeah, all right. So that's a Brighton Point, absolute steal, great deal. Um, and then the last one I got for forwards of any worth talking about for me, anyway, is Kachuk in Calgary. Uh, another bridge deal. Uh, three yeah, years, and it, seven, seven mil. Um, I can't really find anything
1: wrong with this either. No, and again, it goes back to it's a. You look at the structure of the contract. He gets nine mil in the third year, so this essentially amounts to a four-year deal if they qualify him. Uh, You know, Kachuk's he's an alternate captain in Calgary. Uh, Brings that tenacious style of play, just like his dad too. And if anything, he's a little bit more meaner than his dad. But (laughs) he's a a goal scorer. Yeah, he 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 brings yeah.
0: Yeah, he brings a little bit of everything. Uh, hard to, you know, other teams hate playing against them. Everybody hates him unless he's wearing the jersey of your squad, pretty much. Unless you're a real hockey fan, then you don't. Uh, yeah. You know, wow. the, I, 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 I don't know how else, you know, it's, it's one of those ones where the number is, the team is protected, the player is making some bank with the possibility of if he's any, you know, if he stays good, to make more bank, it's not a it's not a number or a contract where if you needed to move the guy, I don't know why you would, but let's say something happens and you need to, it's it's not unmovable, it's not untradeable. Uh, yeah, I mean, I it just it, you know, hats off to Calgary. I think that's just a good It's tra- just a good deal. Period.
1: Yeah, and you know, it yeah, keeps the team solid for the next three years. And a player that took a nice step forward last year, who I think he can he can at least hit thirty again this year. I don't want to say oh, he's going to put up forty because that would be too aggressive. But I think you know Kachuk can put up thirty again this year. I think this is a he's he's growing as a player, mm-hmm. and you know he's he's one of those players that when you get to the playoffs, he's a very important part of your That's team right. get through the playoffs. So, um, I, I like the player. I like the deal. Uh, his next contract, he's definitely going to be getting more for sure. But, you know, win for both parties. And just, I'm kind of excited to see what he does this year, um, playing with uh, playing with um, Lucic and uh, them.
0: That could be an interesting uh, combination. Kachuk to, to out there raising the hell. Getting in people's faces, doing his best ass atiking and impressing, and then with Lucic doing the, because uh, apparently from everything I've heard, they they really like him and they they think he's exactly what they needed, a little bit of balls, um, and the kind of guy that when he's out there, you're not pushing around their little guys, which he didn't really, to be honest, I don't think he did a very good job of in Edmonton, but. I don't think he was really allowed to in Edmonton either, if that makes sense. Um, And I think Calgary's going to give him a little bit longer piece of rope than the Oilers did. Edmonton signed him thinking he was going to be a 30-goal man too, and Calgary has no illusions of that. That's not why they got him. They don't really care if he scores any goals or not. They just want him to pound people.
1: No, I think best-case scenario for Lucic this year, if you're a Calgary fan, He's putting up at least twenty. You know, if you if you want to look best case scenario, worst case scenario, he puts up ten. But you know, he's going to be effective when he puts up those ten goals. But but they want they want a guy that
0: uh, when Johnny Gaudreau gets slashed in the hands seventeen times per game, that he goes out there and delivers that message properly, which he wasn't doing in Edmonton. But that he goes out and and delivers. Yeah. That he does that, and that's what they want. That's what they want him for. They oh, yeah. I don't think they care too much about the goal scoring. Um I had one other guy I forgot. Um Clayton Keller. Um, what? eight years seven mil. I, um I thought this was a bit of an overpay. But I understand yes, but why, it turn I understand why yeah. they did
1: it though.
0: Yeah. Because I mean
1: it can Yeah. He's, he's he's one of their many – he's one of the few talents they have there in in Arizona, but this deal could turn out like another Leon Dreisaitl deal where you overpaid for him at the time, and it turns into a steal. And I think with Phil Kessel being there, he'll have a better year next year. But, again, we'll wait it, and it see was, with, the, with yeah, the players. It was
0: just odd that a guy who went from 65 to 47 – and hasn't an only has only played really two years in the league. They had three three game stint there uh, earlier in his career, but um it was a lot it was a pretty big contract for a guy who has a hundred career points.
1: Yeah, I I agree, but but I guess,
0: yeah. you see the fact Well they're paying they're not paying for now, they're paying for potential in him.
1: I like exactly, him you No, know, I, I think he's a good enough player. It, yeah, and I think with adding Phil Kessel, that that'll help him his stat line for sure next this season. So you know, it won't it, hurt. it's a wait and see approach, but it, yeah, he'll he'll be a better player because he won't the opposition will be solely focused on him now. So, all right. and, I, and I think yeah. that a lot of it had to do with it last year. Yeah, yeah, he, He's, he
0: not not a horrible move in Arizona. I mean, they they got the cap space and all that, so that's not a that's not an issue for them. Um, defenseman. Let's hit the. We'll hit the big names or the bigger okay. names. Um, Jake Gardner. Uh, four years, four four million in Carolina.
1: Um, I mean it's it's no different than what he was paid last year with Toronto, but I think being in a different market, he'll be better. Uh, you know, Toronto, that poor guy was just booed on his no, way no out. Chance. And couldn't, I think couldn't
0: win, didn't matter what he did. Even when he did well, he, he, they didn't care as well. Yeah, you're, but you're fucked up during that playoff game, and they weren't, they weren't willing to forget it.
1: Nope. And, you know, with him being in Carolina, too, the other thing is he's not going to be expected to be a number one or a number two defenseman. Like in Carolina, they'll have a set role for him. Well, he's gonna be to he's gonna be
0: Justin he's gonna be Justin Falk Light.
1: Yeah, and you know Carolina's D don't don't underestimate how deep Carolina's D is. I mean, it's it's a very deep defense over there. So and and they have Hayden uh, Fleury coming up this year, I believe.
0: So um, I'm yeah, I, I think so. I'm I think ex- he's pre- projected to be on the team.
1: I like Carolina what they lack in firepower. They have as well they have they, uh, forward,
0: so. they've got one of those defenses but when you look at it, you don't think much of it. It's not a sexy defense, you know, Diggy Hamilton, Jacob Slavin, Jake Gardner. But then they I mean they traded for uh, I mean they got did get Joel Edmondson back from Saint Louis. He's not a horrible player by any stretch. Um Probably, to be honest, probably a bit more defensively responsible than Justin Falk was. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see just, how,
1: they, how they operate. They've got a fairly good team,
0: I think. I think they kind of are underestimated quite a bit because they're in a place where nobody sees them play. Half, You know, regular fans don't see them, don't really know what they have.
1: No, I, I expect Carolina to really move forward this year and build on what they did last year. You know, they have a stud. They have Sebastian Sebastian Aho, who is he's basically their face of the franchise. You know, you've got Jordan Stahl, Martin Nakash, who's a prospect of there who's coming up. So I think my only issue with them is just they their goaltending is iffy at best, because they've got Peter Morazic and James Reimer as their two goalies.
0: They're Ugh. not
1: bad goalies, they're solid, but they're Ugh. not guys that I would say are true number ones. No, they're, they're,
0: they're, they're uh, how do I put it, they're your, like, uh, where our save percentage is hovering around 900. We, we'll have flashes of brilliance, but for every flash of brilliance we have, we also let in that bonehead goal, particularly James yep. Reimer is really bad for that. Where he'll have one game where it's, you know, like when he was in Toronto, it was, oh my God, I can't believe, like, why isn't this guy, hasn't this guy been playing? And then two nights later, oh my God, I can't. <laughs> send him down to the NHL. I can't believe he let that in. You know, they, they get beat by those. I don't need a goalie to steal any games, but I definitely need one who doesn't cost me any.
1: Yeah, and I think. You know, James Reimer he is what he is. And yeah. you know Peter Morazic is what he is. I mean, they're just they're not gonna be number ones. They're good, solid backup goalie, but you know, they're these guys yeah, are just gonna, I mean, be, it's, it's gonna be a platoon goaltending situation this year. I just
0: can't yeah, I just can't see any way that you would get any great playoff success with that with that is your goaltending tandem. I just can't see it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Zach Woransky, three years at five mil I thought this was a, a really good deal for Columbus
1: yes yeah, deal for Columbus kind of a player betting on himself you know Wierenski solid solid defense is a number two in Columbus after Zach Jones um, you know he's just like I said he's betting on himself because in three years, he's going to get paid. And in three years, my expectation is he's going to be the number one defenseman in Columbus. But, again, it's a good deal for Columbus right now. Uh, the, the player is definitely uh, betting on himself. But we will see going forward. I, I expect him to be the number one guy this year in Columbus and kind of overtake Seth Jones.
0: It should should be a win for Columbus on that one. Uh, All right. That's uh, Josh Morrissey in Winnipeg. Uh, I actually thought we we spoke about that last time. Did we? Uh, A little too much, Um, probably?
1: Yes, but if you're Winnipeg, you want to do it. I mean, you've had your issues with Truba in the past. Trying to sign him to an extension as an RFA, ultimately you ended up trading him. At least with Josh Morrissey, you know, you got a guy that wants to be in Winnipeg, and he's got the potential to be the number one defenseman in Winnipeg that, going forward.
0: And that deal's looking probably better now than it did before if Bufflin doesn't return or is not yes. himself when he does. Um, all right. Oh yeah, uh, and... fair enough. Uh, what about Ivan Provorov in Philadelphia? Uh, uh, six, Provorov six was a bit of an overpay. Years, six years, 6.7. Um,
1: I think a bit of an overpay in my opinion. for Philly. Mm-hmm. But you Yeah, know, I'm not
0: entirely sold on him, but I don't know who else they have either defensively.
1: Right? Well, Travis Sandheim would be a guy to look at. He's been hyped up a lot but. Again, I haven't seen a lot out of out of St. Irons to really say, oh, he's better than Provorov. But I mean, I would I would argue was, that Ivan
0: Provorov is an, overall is a better defenseman than Shane Gotsbahr. Yes. Uh, and absolutely, I mean, absolutely. he's absolutely. I mean, and he's kind of their um, poster boy there to some degree. Um, uh, mind you, they paid Pavarov better than they paid God's power too, so maybe they see that too. They got a couple of young guys. They got Philip Myers. They got Samuel Morin, Robert Hag. I mean, they they kind of are kind of a work in progress there on the D. Um, yes. So um, you, you might be right there. For yeah, they're they're counting that he's yeah. going to keep developing and and that they're going to end up with something there. All right, I mean, fair enough.
1: It's in Philadelphia, though. You just want to – you want to see a guy like Samuel Moran kind of develop by now because, you know, he's, he was drafted, what, like six years ago, it's Moran,
0: and he yeah. hasn't really done much in Philadelphia.
1: Yeah. And he's it, a
0: high-diffic
1: too. So, I mean,
0: but that – right, but that was a team that, do you know, the way they were run previously – that was a hard place to get to play because they were such an old boys network going on there with Holmgren and uh, Philadelphia's always been that way. You know, Bobby Clark was that way. Uh, it's kind of an old school approach there in Philadelphia. I, I think uh, they don't do quite as much of that anymore. So maybe some of those younger guys are
1: going to get to play.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see.
1: I mean, I'd like to see a lot of more anti. Lo- He's a good-sized defenseman, and I think when they drafted him, they were kind of hoping he'd be like Chris Pronger, but just because he's 6'6", doesn't make him Chris Pronger. Yeah,
0: some of of those guys, like defense is, is, you know, short of a goalie maybe. Uh, Defensemen who have a lot of talent sometimes just don't NHL pan out. It's such a change from the juniors or the CHL. Uh it, it just – some of them just don't ever get it for whatever reasons. Seen a lot of good – well, like the Shen uh, – Luke Shen would be one of those guys I'd throw in that category. Always was, you know, highly touted out of juniors. Got into the NHL. And he never was horrible, but he just never, ever really turned into what he should have. And then you take guys like uh, Justin Schultz who – Came out, you know, went into Edmonton as the hero of all heroes, couldn't do anything, and then got on a team where they, I don't know what they did to him that Edmonton wasn't doing, maybe just a better team, period. And suddenly he's uh, hes an awfully good defenseman in Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, you're right, and it's probably just, it depends on the environment, so. I mean, the uh, best example I can think of is when the Wings got Aaron Ward in the 90s. You know, he was a high draft pick of the Jets. He comes to Detroit, he becomes a top four defenseman. So,
0: I mean, so, you sometimes know, it's just environment. It's, yeah, it's opportunity, it's environment, it's, you know, whether your coach is, you know, when the fan base is all over you when you don't perform. It's not, I mean, that's not an easy thing. It's one of the, I mean, it's like being a goalie. I mean, you never hear it about forwards, or not as much. You know when a goalie has a lets in a bad goal, well, he's the reason we lost. It's not because the team didn't score eight goals that night like they did the last ten nights. And same with D. When they do their job, you don't really hear about them very much. You only hear about the offensive defense. The offensive defenseman get the press. A guy who is a shutdown yeah. guy, you just don't you don't hear about him a lot. It's no, not sexy. No, you don't. Yeah. So good on him, I guess, for getting the bucks. Uh, all right, uh, Jared, Jared Spurgeon, uh, seven years for
1: 7.5. Overpay, big time, in Minnesota, but Minnesota had to do it. You know, you're not, you got a new GM. You don't have any other players besides Dumba. So if you're Minnesota, yeah, is it an overpay, but you need it to overpay. So no one's gonna to come to Minnesota. That team well, they is couldn't not They couldn't many, let many, them
0: walk. Yeah, they couldn't let walk.
1: No. And and talk, they're, they're in too much... I didn't understand I mean, why they, were, they did it because they're in salary cap hell too.
0: Well, yeah, that's because they. I mean, there again, it's one thing to be in salary cap hell when you're paying. Uh, two or three guys, you know, when you got Connor McDavid and you're paying him twelve and a half million dollars, if that puts you in salary cap hell, you can live with that. But they're one of those teams where, when you look at them, they don't have a star player, really. No, they don't. And and but but they've got like ten or twelve guys who are making four or five million a piece that shouldn't be. Yeah, I, I still mean, don't
1: understand why they signed Matt Zuccarello. That that contract was not needed for them.
0: Well and well, that guy that signed that isn't there anymore either. <laughs> you know, they all ownership.
1: <laughs> that was his parting gift.
0: Yeah, as part, as, 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 that was his. That was his Peter Shirelli Miko Koskinen deal to the to the Minnesota. That's here. <laughs> oh, you didn't think I could screw up anymore? more? Here, deal with this. See ya. And I just, I mean, I look at their roster. I mean, they've got um, what I suppose at the time looked like not a bad deal, but I mean. Zach Grise is 35 years old and is on the books for another six bloody years at seven and a half million dollars. Um, I mean, if that doesn't have a buyout written on it, I don't know what does. Except maybe Ryan Suter at the same, <laughs> who will be 40, getting seven and a half million dollars. Um, I don't know what they're going to do. They've got some of these guys are signed for, I mean, Zuccarello's signed for for five years. They're paying Victor Rask $4 million. Um, They just got too many guys. I mean, they're not grossly overpaid, but they're all overpaid. And if you start adding it up, well, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Zach Parise, for what he actually does on the ice nowadays, I mean, he's not a horrible player. But, you know, 60 points. I mean, they were not paying him. I mean, and he had a bounce back last year. I mean, previous to that, he was in the 20 and 40 range for the last two years. I mean, that's not the guy you want to be paying that kind of money to for the next six or seven years. It's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. They got totally hosed on the oh, deal.
1: Oh, yeah. I
0: mean, based on
1: turn. Like anyway. said, well, even even that, too, look at the talent level in Minnesota. There's, they're, for the most part, devoid of, of a start. Hell, you said it best. I mean, they have no star players.
0: I mean, they, they don't have no. one. And when I, when I look at their non-roster guys, I don't really see one there either, to be honest. I mean... No. They had big hopes for Nico Skirm at one time, but he turned into nothing, really. Um, I guess maybe this the, the Russian guy, Kovanov. Oh, like Kaprizov? Uh, Alexander Kovanov, I believe is his name. I think they're okay. hoping that he mm-hmm. maybe turns into something. Uh, I think. That, I mean, well, he's They have he's another bred.
1: guy in Russia right now too.
0: Dmitry so- Sokolov. Oh
1: uh, yeah, they have another one, Kirill Kaprizov. They're waiting on his contract in the KHL to expire, and oh, supposedly this kid, this kid's a stud. But again, you gotta convince him that he's gonna have talent around him to be to come. The he, may of your team. Exactly. he may not even show up. Yeah, I, his... I,
0: I also don't like their goaltender. I mean, I don't mind Devin Dubnik, but he's another one where he is what he is. He's solid, but he's not a... You're not winning a, a cup with Devin Dubnik at the helm, but I guess that's not going to matter because <laughs> they're not they're not getting anywhere near it with the lineup they have. I mean they're gonna to have to no, I think they're gonna to have to grind out wins and that'll be the only way they win anything.
1: Yeah, I mean I think if if your team Devin Devin Dubnik can be a piece that puts you over the top, if that's what you need is goaltending, but I just I don't see him winning anything in Minnesota.
0: He's, he's I really don't
1: a, he's not a guy where if you said, Okay,
0: uh, you can have any goalie you want to build your team around. Oh Devin Dubnik. That's not the name that's coming up. You're gonna oh go God with, no, he's he's you know, you're gonna go with Vasilevsky or Babrowski or somebody along of that, you know, John Gibson maybe, somebody along those lines. But you're not you're not Devin Dubnik's yeah. name's not coming up. Um which is not to knock him either. Because I mean I remember when he played in Edmonton and they were you know, he couldn't stop a beach ball on that team because he was seeing eighty of them a night. <laughs> poor, poor guy was <laughs> shell shocked. But uh, yeah, Minnesota. Yeah, they're they got a lot of. There's another franchise that better get used to being bad for a couple of years until somebody can figure that mess out. If they find somebody capable of that, I don't know that the guy that yeah. I don't know, Billy, I don't know if Billy Guerin is the guy to get it done or not. I'm not. I don't know. Uh-huh. Too green yet to he know, right? So. He hasn't really, Yeah, he hasn't really done anything yet for, for to know whether he can handle it or not. So we'll have to see. Uh, the Boston Bruins, another team that somehow manages to get guys to sign for less money. Um, they managed to get uh, – well, they got two guys actually on defense that I was kind of surprised. Uh, uh, Brandon Carlo, I believe, was one, and then Charlie McAvoy was the other one. Um, particularly that they got McAvoy to sign a bridge deal for for 4.9. Um, I guess another guy that likes the likes the team and likes what they got there and didn't want to rock the boat too much.
1: Yeah, I mean, it gives them flexibility to to add at the trade deadline this year too. You know, Boston Boston's going to be in contention. You know, they had their mini rebuild after the the horrible regime that was Peter Shirelli. You know, they had their mini-rebuild with the uh their uh, GM there? Cassidy? Uh, or
0: uh,
1: or Sweeney, Sweeney, Don Sweeney. Don Sweeney, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, he's, Sweeney's done a good job with the uh, with kind of rebuilding the Bruins a little bit or reloading them. You know, it, it's a solid team. As much as I don't like them, they're a solid. I can't
0: I can't stand them either. But, but there's a, they're another team when you look at the lineup and you go, okay, how are these guys? They got an awful lot of big names who aren't getting paid relative yeah. to other places, you know, Marchand and Pasternak and Cratchy, uh, but even Bergeron. I mean, Bergeron doesn't even make $7 million. I mean, he's one of the best two way in the league and has been for years. Um, say what you want yeah. about Brad Marchand, or, I mean, whether you like him or hate him, but I mean the guy throws up, I mean he's a unbelievable pest. Other teams hate him to the point where they can't even function playing against him half the time. And he throws up 100 points on top of it all, and he's getting $6 million. Yeah, I mean he, he's,
1: he's an effective player for the Bruins. I mean he's He's a he reminds me a lot of like uh um well he kinda what's his name though? From the guy that used to play with um Pat Verbeek. He reminds me a lot of Pat Verbeek.
0: Yeah. he's got a bit of uh he he's not quite as he I I always kinda of think of Dino Cicerelli when I think of him. You know, uh, just a feisty. I mean, not necessarily in the way he plays, but but the style of play, feisty. Don't mind sticking you. Don't mind punching you in the face if that gets me open. Don't care about any of that. I, yeah. you know, a guy, a guy who wants to win and doesn't mind, um, doesn't mind that other uh, that other players don't like him that much. No. He's not is not interested in being friends with anybody on the ice, and and apparently from all reports. Is not that bad a guy off the ice, just not when he's got <laughs> when he's got a yeah. Bruins jersey when he's got a Bruins jersey on. You better be wearing one too, or you're gonna get hacked. That's just the way it is.
1: Yeah, I mean he, he's he's really developed as a player. I mean he came in as a fourth liner, third liner guy when when the Bruins won the cup in, 11, in 2011, and then he's just kind of matured and grown and developed. And become the first line winger for the Bruins. So, well, he you know, March pits, in, March in, a good player for them. He,
0: they, they, those guys almost all seem to be out of the cut out of the same type of mold. They're pretty skilled players, but none of them mind playing. De- I mean, they don't have anybody on their team that doesn't back check. Let me tell you, unlike some other. Su- I mean, you don't see Patrice Bergeron, uh, floating. He doesn't do it. Doesn't know how. Oh no! I mean, I'm not picking on the superstars of the league, but even the supposed best hockey player in the in the world uh, doesn't backjack at least half the time. He floats back because he's. I mean, part of it is is that he's waiting for to counterattack, but he doesn't backjack as much as that speed could let him. In Boston, that that sh- that stuff don't wash. They they don't play that style of game. These guys all fit the mold. Uh, and even like a uh, Charlie McAvoy, Tori Krug, uh, Chara, all these guys. Uh, even they're young. I mean, like I saw they signed Alex Petrovic for seven hundred grand today. But he's the same kind of a player. He's a feisty, mean, nasty guy. Who, if he are, he is out there, you're at least gonna know he's out there. None of their guys are quiet
1: players. If that
0: makes sense.
1: No. They're, they're a team that's built for playoff hockey. I mean, no doubt about it. I mean, Boston is going to easily walk into the playoffs. It's just a matter of who they face in the playoffs, is the big thing. And I think if they face Toronto, they're winning. Don't get me wrong. There's no doubt about that. They they have Toronto's number for sure. Well, they're the only I mean, way they don't. Play Tampa yeah. Bay.
0: Yeah, and then yeah, I mean, there's we gotta hope for a different, some different matchups this year. Not even yeah, for I the mean, stick, I'm a, and I'm a an Leaf fan, but I just want to see somebody play somebody different in the first round. I'm tired of those matchups. <laughs> I really yeah, well, I'm
1: sick of watching Toronto play Boston every year. It's like yeah, you get it; are forcing ball. a rivalry on us.
0: But but wouldn't it be so like, nice if you could actually watch, like you know. I mean, I would love to see Toronto play Montreal. I don't think Montreal's oh, going to playoffs. Is. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I would like to see them play them.
1: Yeah, it wouldn't be a bad them I mean, at all, honestly. I mean, well, I mean, Toronto I, Montreal last, doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, I mean, well, when's the last time Toronto played
0: Montreal in a game that really meant anything? Yeah,
1: true.
0: They don't because they don't, don't get, for a get long you. time. I mean, and I'd like to see the Bruins. I don't know, I wouldn't mind seeing the Bruins go up against the Flyers if the Flyers had a little more talent, just from the city angle. Because I mean, you want to talk about two cities that can throw out the hate at the opposition? <laughs> it's definitely. Oh
1: God! Definitely, Philadelphia and Boston are right up there, anyway. Oh, for sure. I mean, you 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 got to look at the history aspects of those two those two teams in particular. You know, Philadelphia well, comes back from 0-3 against Boston. Goes to the cup final a year later. Boston has Tilly down three zero, finishes him off in a sweep, wins the cup. You know, it's 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 good hockey. I mean, when those teams play, it's and probably you can
0: feel the yeah, probably in all honesty, probably the two traditionally anyway toughest teams in hockey. Yes, like I if agree. you if, if you yeah if I mean if you're gonna talk about. Okay, well what's a franchise in a building that scares the shit out of you as a player? Maybe I don't know about today, but definitely in the last forty or fifty years, Philadelphia has got to be on that list, and certainly the Don Cherry Boston Bruins have got to be on that list as a team that you, oh, did, yeah. you didn't you know that you did not want to play against for because you knew there was gonna be some fisticuffs at some point during that game. <laughs> I mean, I'll ne- I'll never forget. I don't I even remember. I don't I couldn't have been that old. In the sometime in the set well, whenever Don Cherry was coaching and the Bruins played the, the Canadians in the playoffs. And uh Stan Jonathan dropped the gloves with Pierre Bouchard from Montreal. I mean, Pierre Bouchard, I believe, was six foot six, and I think Stan Jonathan was five foot eight. And he pummeled him like beat him senseless cut him he was bleeding all over the ice and it was just like okay who do you know who? Do, the one guy on the ice that you figure you could probably take beats the daylights out of your biggest player and, uh, and, yet, and yet still the Bruins and on top of it the Bruins still couldn't beat Montreal <laughs> Montreal was just so they were so good offensively that they still won that series but I mean, you want to talk about, I mean, their, their games were, well, just like the Flyers of the 70s. I mean, you knew there was going to be some fights, even if the other team didn't want it. There was still going to be some. They just grabbed guys and started hitting them. I mean, they you couldn't play like that now. But, I mean, you're, you've probably seen the uh, film of the Flyers against the Soviet Red Army back in the, I think it was 76. Oh, yeah. You know, okay. And, I mean
1: that's... Uh, Bobby Clark. Bobby well, Clark. And, Russian team. Uh, well, that I was, was in the Canada. The Russian player's ankle.
0: That was in the Canada. Or that was in the uh, 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 what did they call that? Uh, that was before that. That was in the he was playing for Team Canada when he did that. That was in the where they played oh, the, the best they, Yeah, that's where they played four games in Canada and then four in in the Soviet Union. That was when he when they knew he had an ankle injury and he tomahawked him. <laughs> Like he didn't even try to <laughs> to hide it. I mean, he he literally just like wound up like he was swinging a baseball bat. <laughs> it was unbelievable. <laughs> like now that would right. get you. A, I don't even know what that would get you now. A Twenty game, thirty game suspension probably at least if you were a first time <laughs> offender. But that's how they played back then. But yeah, they were they yeah, tough I mean,
1: team. Definitely.
0: Yeah, to get back to the Bruins, though, uh, good moves on their part. Like I said, they got Brandon Carlo for 2.8, kind of a bridge deal sort of two for him, where they're not sure if he's going to be average or great, but good enough to keep, so they signed him to something they could, you know, that they, both sides could live with. Uh, now, uh, the one that kind of baffles me a little bit, and not so much the player, but the team. Ottawa signs Thomas Shabbat to eight years, eight million. And the reason it baffles me is, is this is a franchise who would not pay Matt Duchesne. This is a franchise who wouldn't pay Mark Stone. This is a franchise who wouldn't pay Eric Carlson. And the list goes on and on and on of guys they wouldn't pay. Why Thomas Shabbat all of a sudden? Who isn't a bad player? Don't get me wrong, not a bad player. But he has one good season under his belt to be honest. He's only played 134 games in the league and now he's an 8 million 8 year guy? I
1: mean, if you're Ottawa, I think you know talent's not going to willingly come to your team. You need to draft and develop and I think the, the Believe Shabbat is going to be a stud for them going forward, and you know they had to cough up the money. They had they had to sign him. They had no choice but to give him that contract.
0: I mean, Otherwise, to be honest,
1: using him again.
0: Yeah, to be honest, he he's the star. He's their best player and their star of their team. They haven't got anybody better than him. Yeah. even on the he's a better point producer than their forwards. Yeah, in all seriousness. So, I mean. I mean I mean, look at their forwards. I sure. mean, who they got? Who they got up, up front? Nobody.
1: I mean, maybe I mean, Brady Kachuk, but he's Brady a second-year yeah.
0: player. He might be the only guy that you can give me that I think. I mean, I mean Tyler Ennis is a not. Is not a. I mean, he's a serviceable NHLer, but he's not throwing up. You know, sixty points. Yeah. I mean, Colin White. No, not at all. You know, Michael Boddicker. Bobby Ryan, oh, God, Bobby Ryan. Oh, man.
1: Guy, <laughs> I forgot he was still playing.
0: Oh, man. Now, you want to talk about a contract that sucks. They still got him for three more years at 7.2. He does absolutely nothing. And on top of it, he has a no-movement clause and a modified no-trade. So they can't even, get, you know, to get rid of him is almost impossible. They can't bury in the minors. They're stuck with him. And I don't know what he ever, to be honest, I'm not really sure what he ever did to deserve that contract because I never thought he was really
1: all that good. Oh, I'll tell you what, he played with Corey Perry and uh, Ryan Getzlaff, Ryan
0: Getzloff and and managed to get a, I mean, s- since he's been in Ottawa, uh, he, he had 56 points in 2015. Then he's had 25, 33, and last year he had an up year. He had 42. But, man. <laughs> you, just, you Yeah, he, he uh, hasn't
1: you, been good in Ottawa.
0: No, he hasn't been good in Ottawa. And, and that contract, well, I mean, 7.2 now, I guess, is a bearable number. For a guy who who's good, but he's not good anymore, and that, I mean, you want to talk about an albatross, That that's it, because you just can't, I don't know how you move him, unless you buy him out, I guess, but Ottawa's kind of cheap, too, they don't really, I don't know that they really yeah, want to do that, either. Cause,
1: well, he's you, not getting bought out, but I think he will, what will happen is he will get traded with one year left on his contract, and Ottawa will retain half. Because they have to.
0: Maybe what saves him is he, is, a, is he has a, and I say this with the good old air quotes, an injury, and a team picks him up and buries him on LTIR, and, and they eat his salary to get that 7.2 on the cap.
1: Uh, so long term injury retirement, then, is what you're saying. Well, that's what they all
0: are, aren't they? Or are almost all of them. I mean, I mean Marion Hosa comes to mind that he, after 20 years in the NHL, he suddenly has a, a, an, an unbelievable skin condition and can't play hockey anymore. Just <laughs> right, right out of the blue. No, I'm not saying he maybe doesn't have it, but I'm saying he probably always had it. And now that, that nobody wants me anymore and they want to get rid of my contract, now, well, okay. Now it's a thing. You know, just like the back yeah, injury. Mean, you know, I'm sure all those guys Good probably game. had, yeah, I'm sure all those guys all had uh, back injuries for years. Now suddenly they're just too bad to play anymore. Where if they really wanted to be playing, they probably, uh, what's his name comes to mind from Toronto was the one that really bothered me. Um, not Nathan Harton, because I think he's legitimately hurt. I don't, I don't know that uh, David Clarkson. Yeah. I don't know. No, it was the one before that. Um because they had a, they had a two before Horton. They had Horton and somebody else. Um, oh, geez, i driving me crazy that I can't think of the guy's name. He came off Robindon? this year. And that, no, he was the he was the reason that they had to go out and get the David Clarkson contract because his wasn't uh, they couldn't eat his anymore because it was done. Um, uh, I'll have to go to let me have a look here on cap friendly. Because I believe he even he even took them, got a second opinion, and it was kind of muddled on whether he really oh, was Lupo. hurt. Or not. Joffrey Lupo, that's Joffrey. it, yeah. That he really there was talk that he was never really hurt, that he you know he had a existing condition, but that he played with it for years previous for them, and then suddenly it was, oh well, now your your injury is not sustainable anymore suddenly because we say so and we're going to bury you in the miners, which they, well, they didn't even do that. They just buried him period. Yeah. There was some, there was some litigation involved in that one at some point. Um, Cause he had, he had some pretty smart things to say about that organization once the, uh, when he was finished, yeah, it, it would be pretty frustrating to be getting, I mean, even though you're getting paid, but if there's not really anything wrong with you and you want to be playing and not, that, that's that got to suck pretty hard. But uh, uh, yeah, so defenseman, uh, who's left on this list? I mean, we just handled Shabbat. I guess the only other one was the sign-and-trade of Justin Falk who hit the jackpot in St. Louis. Is um, probably happy to be there. They got a pretty decent team on I don't think they're going to win the cup again, um, but they got a decent team. Uh, the thing that I find interesting about this is now that they paid him what they paid him, what do they intend to do with uh, Mr. Peter Angelo, who was a UFA after this year?
1: Yeah, I didn't understand. Uh, I didn't understand that that trade in St. Louis's end. If you wanted to keep Peter Angelo. You know, he's your captain, but you're gonna to have to pay him eight million dollars a year on a multi-year contract because he's your so-called captain. He's your franchise defenseman, uh, and then you go out and sign Justin Falk for six and a half. And I think Peter Angelo is the better defenseman, in my opinion.
0: Uh, I believe so too. But I'm gonna, I'm just, I'm gonna throw it out there that Justin Falk is basically Alex Peter Angelo insurance. But if we can't get him for you know, if we can't get him for a number that we can live with, we'll let him go. Or, or, or he might be a he might be a now that we throw this out there, he might be a prime target for a Toronto or somebody like that near the trade deadline. Where if St. Yeah, Louis, I don't, I don't, if they don't think they yeah. can sign him, that maybe he goes somewhere else for for prospects or whatever.
1: I don't think the Blues. Uh, I don't think the Blues trade him. Quite honestly, well, I, I think, think,
0: oh, Well, I'm not saying they should. I'm just saying if, if let's just say that they negotiate during the year and they don't like how things are going, it is a card they can throw out there that well, well, we can move you.
1: That's oh, yeah. true, but I mean, remember, still their captain, still their Stanley Cup and they're they're mm-hmm. the defending Stanley Cup champions too. I'd like to think that their
0: management there is is uh Doug Armstrong is a little bit better general manager than that, but it's crazy uh, thing yeah. and the old feelings get hurt and why are you paying oh well, you're gonna pay him six and a half million dollars for the next six years, but I'm not worth eight? You know, what the hell? Um, I don't know what kind of cap situation they're in. Uh, pretty tight and they're gonna have to pay Braden Shen next year. I mean, they're paying them pretty good now. Yeah. They're going to have to pay them more. Um,
1: yeah, I, I don't know how that works out. Uh, no. It, it's a very confusing situation or a very tough situation for the Blues. I, either that or they re sign Peter Angelo and they get rid of Pareco, which I don't, I would never man. want to trade uh, uh, Colton Pareco, man. That's, no, that's, six, that's five defenseman. That's a that's um, an asset to your team. Well, and you've got him, you've got them locked up for three
0: years at an unbelievable deal at five point five. Um, you you're not getting that again anytime soon. Uh, I mean, if and if you're gonna pay somebody, you might as well pay a twenty nine year old. Money when he hits 29, three years from now, as opposed to give it to Peter Angelo when he's already 20, you know, right now. Like, if you're going to do that, you might as well wait to do it when your cap situation is maybe a little bit more tenable. Because they don't, like I said, they really don't have room. I mean, they've got $600,000 under the cap. So if they pay Braden Shan what he's worth, which is going to be a lot more than five, unless he has a horrible year or something. Uh, Which you can, I mean, you can never rule that out. But if he puts up 60, 70 points again, which he's been doing consistently for the last four or five years, they're going to have to pay him probably, let's say, six and a half to seven at least, depending on how much the cap goes up. So that's another million and a half or two million. You can't afford to give Peter Angelo eight million, you don't have it.
1: Exactly, so I don't know uh it, that's it an interesting one like, yeah yeah, I'll see it'll be interesting to see how St Louis works around that, but it definitely does look like they're heading for that divorce of uh Peter Angelo no longer being part of the St. Louis blues, so it it will be very upsetting, but the team that gets Peter Angelo will be uh it'll be, better. be a very lucky <laughs> team to get yeah.
0: Yeah, gonna be better. There's just no way around it. I could see like I'm I'm deadly serious. I could see Toronto like Toronto doesn't have a lot of cap, but all of their defensemen next year, except for Morgan Riley, are are UFAs or RFAs. Every one of them. So they could easily take uh, the four and a half million they're paying to Cody Ceci, and let's say the four million dollars they're paying to Jake Muzzin, let both those guys go. And take uh, Alex Peter Angelo and they're a better team for it right there. Oh yeah. And then you plug in uh uh Sandine and uh Lilligren for nine hundred grand apiece and there you go and you got a pretty good you got a much better defense than you have today. So now I'm not saying he'd want to go there necessarily or any of that, because who knows, but I mean he's got he's not gonna have any shortage of options, let's put it that way. If they make him a, I mean, if he goes on the free market, he's going to be able to go wherever he wants for a pretty good chunk of change. But it's not going to be a problem for him to, to find somewhere
1: to go. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he'll, he'll definitely be a player in demand. I mean, right handed shot defenseman, you know, tough. that's a premium in this, in this league. Yeah, big, so.
0: big guy, tough guy, good skater, brings everything, not anything he can't do um yeah yeah like you said they 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 don't come along that often and that's uh so we got about uh time flies we got like thirteen minutes left um that pretty much takes care of the the signings, though you wanna give me a let's let's give me a quick rundown of how you feel your uh red wing preseason has gone so far
1: um Like what I've seen from a few players, Um, Zadina, not so much. Uh, He's definitely starting the year in in the AHL. That's just no doubt about it. He hasn't been scoring. He's been putting up assists. Um, But, again, I think the team's pretty much set. They're... uh, if you see one person and one person I think really would stand out, it would probably be Taro Hirose. Uh, he's definitely stood out uh, all since last year and now in the Red Wings training camp. Uh, he's definitely a player to watch. I would like Joe Valeno, but he will be starting the year in the AHL. They want him to work as a center. So there's there's just no way around that, but so um, I think Detroit will be solid this year. We need just growth from Dylan Larkin, Anthony Mantha, and Tyler Berduzzi. Uh, the defense, uh, I like what I've seen from Madison Bowie, or Bowie, I don't know how it's pronounced. Uh, I've liked what I've seen from him in the preseason. I think if he starts putting a lot more of that offense in his game, uh, you'll see a better better right handed defenseman going forward. He will definitely be a constant in their top six for defense. But you know, I'm not expecting much out of the wings this year. Uh, I'm I expect him to be competitive but not a team that's gonna gonna make the playoffs. If they do great, if they don't, it's another year where we got a potential to get a high draft pick. But another year closer to getting better with the rebuild.
0: Well, I would say Detroit's in a, like, I would think, you know, if I'm running Detroit, I throw, this year, I I don't really care what happens. If we succeed, if we do well, okay, great. But if we don't, not really that concerned. We got a pile of big contracts coming off the books next year. If we, uh, if Jimmy Howard, $4 million. Those um, are some of the other ones. Uh, there's a couple other biggies that could go easily. Uh, Mike Green, you might let go at five point three. Might get rid of him. Uh, you got uh, Franzen's uh, money comes off the books next year. Another four million. Um, some buyout stuff. I mean, they're they're really in a spot where they can spend some money next year if they want to, especially if they've got oh, a couple yeah. of young. Especially if they got a couple of younger guys, they think they could come up because they could dump Jonathan Erickson if they wanted to. That's another four. Oh, his,
1: yeah, he's up something this year too. So him, That's daily, I'm saying, like, him, daily, Green,
0: uh, Jimmy Howard. If if they wanted to, I mean, they, there's easily hell. They're they could push twenty million of free space if they wanted to. Now, granted, you got to get somebody back to take those places, but. Um, There's room there for improvement, and if they've got anybody coming up in the system who's showing anything, it's not a it's not a problem to make space for them and, and play them. They should be a lot better next year. I would say. Yes,
1: I, I agree. I think this season you'll see you'll see Bill Larkin be even better than he was last year. You know, um, he's definitely in the preseason. He's he's been buzzing. I mean, I think and, uh, if you want to hype up, if you want to hype a player up, I mean, Bill Larkin's the guy you want to hype up big time, and his plays showed it in that preseason game against Pittsburgh. You know, if you look in the overtime, he took off right off the draw, and you know he sets up that game winner. And you know, Larkin's got a set of wheels. I mean, he's, i think the only guy that can compete with him in terms of speed is Connor McDavid. And you know Larkin's gonna be a good special player. He doesn't get a lot of notoriety because he doesn't put up the points that McDavid does or Crosby does. But you know he's a he's a he's a prototypical Detroit player. He's a two-way guy, he can put up the points, but again he's always responsible defensively. So you know I'm looking to see a lot out of Larkin this year. Well, and I and I would throw in there too the one thing I would never
0: underestimate about the Detroit Red Wings. They get a really good coach, but they got one of the best general managers in the business and he will he will do things and and make things happen there one way or the other something's going to change there you know that much he's well, not yeah. a sit on he's not a sit on his hands kind of guy like a lot of them are he's certainly not Ken Holland in that respect um, he might have learned no. quite a bit of the trade from him but he's not afraid to trade guys or move guys who aren't getting it done who aren't satisfied or he's not satisfied with, he has no problems shifting the lineup. And he seems to be able to talk guys in the for although they've got Dylan Larkin. I mean he's he's you want to talk about a guy who's on a steal of a contract. There's one right there. Oh yeah. Yeah you know, six million for four years is a pretty good deal for him.
1: And not only that too. I mean, he's he's the future captain. It's just inevitable. I mean, we all know it. Isman opted to go with four alternates this year, which I get. He wants to um, get Harkins.
0: Yeah, that's just the seasoning kind of thing, and uh, we don't want to make it. Well, I don't. I like. I don't think you don't want to do what they did to Connor, where they put him in a position he really. It wasn't that he shouldn't be the captain necessarily. He just he has enough shit to worry about. He didn't need to be talking to or trying to explain why a team that we all know is bad is bad. You know, like he has better things to do than have to face the press every night and he really wasn't ready for it to be honest and they're just saving they're just saving him a little bit of grief to another year under the belt, and then he'll like you said he'll probably have it on him by next year or maybe even this year if things pan out.
1: Yeah, um, but like like I said, I'm I'm really I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing him play this year. I'm looking forward to see how his season goes. Uh, another player I want to see more out of definitely is uh, Mantha. Mantha, I want to see him put up 30. Like like I said last time I was on, you know, if he wasn't injured last year, he would have gotten 30. But he went and fought some nobody. <laughs> and injured his he injured, injured
0: his hand. Yeah, not a smooth move. Nope. But so but you know, know I have... to
1: put up yeah.
0: It's part so, of the... yeah. I Can't remember who it was. They were talking about that the other day. There was a player. I can't even remember what team it was from. He had a bonus for uh, games played, and it was a fairly significant one. And in the game before the before the bonus kicked in, he got in a fight and broke his hand, and oh my god, and blew like 250 grand. And, and this was back in the day when it was a lot of, when it would have been a lot of money. This is somebody from Toronto, I want to say. I think that's where I heard it. But I mean, the same kind of deal, you know? Like it's just, I mean, I get why guys fight, but but if you're you know, he's the kind of guy he doesn't need to be dropping the gloves with anybody. Like it's just that's not his job. That's not why they pay him. Yeah. Detroit.
1: No, he's he's a big power forward. He's got a good he's got a good scoring touch. You know, tonight uh, tonight's gonna be a very good preseason game too. Uh, wings are up in uh, Calumet, Michigan, which is uh, for those of you who don't know Michigan, it's in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, one of the oldest hockey stadiums. Um, so the Red Wings are going to be playing the Blues tonight.
0: So Ooh, definitely that'll going a, to be
1: watching that.
0: That should be a good game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We got a couple.
1: We got a couple minutes left.
0: Let's a quick, uh, quick uh, predictions for opening night. We got four games. Uh, San Jose at Vegas. Who you
1: like? Ooh, Vegas. Uh, I'm liking Vegas that game. You know what? All right. Revenge. That's. That's the best revenge word. To revenge game. Yeah,
0: okay. Uh, Washington at St. Louis. Two last two Stanley Cup winners in
1: St. Louis. Uh, you know, I'm thinking Washington. I think you know St. Louis will still be on that hangover a little bit. Washington's more uh, more focused. They kind of want they want to get back to winning a Stanley Cup again. So uh, I'm gonna take Washington in that game overtime.
0: All right. Uh, Vancouver at Edmonton.
1: Vancouver. Uh Vancouver. It's it's Edmonton. It's it's Edmonton to me. I, I just.
0: I I just I, I can't pick I can't pick Edmonton in any game. I just can't. Yeah. Because I I just I just can't do it. They're just they're just so. Uh, they just on TSN they just pick them to be the uh, bottom feeder of Canadian teams this year. But they do even worse oh, than football. Well. so yeah, they that was interesting. Will be. And then, the, and then of course, we got Ottawa at Toronto.
1: That's uh, Toronto. But you know what? I'll be surprised if Ottawa doesn't make a game out of it.
0: Ottawa, uh, I- Ottawa plays Toronto tough. I yep. would not be surprised at all if Toronto stunk out the building in their home opener. As much as it pains yeah. me to say that. On paper, yes, Toronto should win that game without even thinking about it. But they don't play them on paper, so... Yeah, oh, right. I
1: mean, listen. I think, I think this—the embarrassment of what happened last year with the team as a whole, you know, stinking it up the whole year. Um, the issue with Matt Duchesne, the Uber, the Uber video, and all that, and especially with their their owner, I think Ottawa's got a lot to prove, and they're gonna take a lot of teams by surprise. They might.
0: So uh... I wouldn't.
1: Yeah, they might use that as a rallying
0: point to uh, okay, you know, we're the laughing stock, kind of, you know, it's us against the world kind of thing, and let's let's go prove everybody wrong. You could be you could be right on the money with that one.
1: Yeah, so uh, we'll see. I think I think you're right in that it'll it'll be a it'll be a hard fought game, and Ottawa will definitely be. Uh, He's playing Toronto hard for sure.
0: And I guess in your Detroit doesn't hit the uh, when do they when's their first game? Uh, they play that Friday. I
1: yes, we're playing against the Nashville Predators. So, um, you know, our home opener is against Dallas. So we're playing two really tough Central Division teams. Uh, I don't want to take say Red right, Wings are going to win. But you know it'll be a good game. We always play Nashville pretty tough.
0: They should uh, same with that. Dallas.
1: They should,
0: they should split that. They should get one of those games.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm expecting them to at least win one of them. Uh, I think they'll win the game against Dallas. We we usually play Dallas pretty well, Uh, usually we we have their number. So, um, I'm looking at the Red Wings to beat Dallas, and I think losing overtime to Nashville, but. They could surprise us all in two in a row.
0: All right. Well, who
1: knows?
0: So that's that's it for week two or episode two. Uh, I guess uh, by the time you hear us again, if it's next week or in two weeks or whenever our schedule permits, uh, opening night will happen and the season will be started, so there will be lots to talk about. Um, but uh, that, that's it. That's another edition of Wide Men Can't Score.
1: So uh, everybody have a right. great day
0: and enjoy the games.
1: All right. Thank you so much, Tim. I'll see you again.
0: Have a good one, Mark. Later, everyone. Bye-bye.